What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I would say the big project has been a project that I've been working on for a long time, but this year I'm really hoping to finish it. It's a feature documentary about a group of trans women in Pakistan, specifically the Khwaja Sara community. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fanboy Friday with Shah Jahan Khan. This week's guest is Khala Malik, uh, a Pakistani-American filmmaker who has been featured everywhere. New York Times, Brown Girl Magazine. Her films have won tons of awards all over the place. She's done grants and residencies, like too many to name. I actually met Khala in a Zoom audition room for a film called Post Term by the director Salim uh, Nasir Gondal. Uh, and we were both kind of up for the lead characters, and even though neither of us booked those particular roles, we actually ended up becoming really, really good friends, uh, as well as creative collaborators. She actually was also director of a play that I was in called The Wrong Bashir about this Ismaili Muslim community crisis, where I was playing the dad of a kid going through, obviously, an identity crisis in a pretty hilarious and heartwarming way in front of his family and community. Kala and I talk all the time, so she actually was one of the first people I wanted to interview for this column. So stay tuned after the break for my chat with Kala Malik. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I was born in Pakistan. I grew up in the U.S., but we would go back a lot. And there was a couple of members of this community that would work with my family or my aunt. And so there was like, I guess they were in my life from a really young age. And when I was in college, I was like trying to do interviews with survivors of the partition on like a trip back to Pakistan during college. And I realized really quickly, like, this is going to be really difficult because not that there, I think the truth differs, but I'm not going to get an account that will be satisfying. And so I... I just remember I was like watching this TV show at my cousin's place and it was called Late Night with Begum Nawaz Shali, which is like a talk show hosted by this guy, Ali Salim, but he dresses up as like this widow of a army colonel and he she interviews all these people. Yeah. And my cousins were like, oh, there's a Khwaja Sara on TV. And I'm like, she's not a Khwaja Sara. She's, she's doing drag, right? This is a guy doing drag. He's not actually a Khwaja Sara. Like, he's not a member of this community. So I, I like, you know, don't think much of it. I start 
I'm like, this is interesting that this person is being perceived as this third gender in the subcontinent, but he's actually just a man dressing in drag. And so I like met with a couple people in the community. I just like filmed a little bit here and there. And when I went back to school, my professor was like, oh, that's such an interesting phenomenon. I had to do like my thesis, like honors thesis dissertation. And so I ended up writing about the kind of social, I would say like historical, cultural presence of this community in South Asia, and then also looking at it linguistically. And so it just became, I was just really interested in the historical and cultural context with which this community exists in our part of the world and how they've been a part of like the social fabric of the region for centuries. And like, when did like the shift happen in our current climate of how they went from people who were employed by the Mughal emperors to people who are like existing on the margin and like on the fringe of society. And, you know, fast forward many years, I'm in grad school now and I'm like, I feel like I want to revisit this. I don't know what that looks like. So I go to Pakistan. I meet some of the people that I had met before. And then my dad's friend is like, have you met Bubbly? And I'm like, who's Bubbly? And he's like, Bubbly runs this canteen at NCA Bindi. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I meet Bubbly and then I'm like, dude, Bubbly is awesome. And then there's these two other women that are also working at this cafe, Sharmili and Isha. So Bubbly, Isha, and Sharmili are the sort of three women in my movie, like the main, the three main women. And I start, I come back and I'm like looking at the footage and I'm like, I think there's a story here because these are three women that are running this kind of public, they're running a, like a cafe at a university. And it's sort of this blending of like the public and private. And you're taking a group of these people who exist, again, in this community that's sort of like set apart or marginalized in some way, but you're having them interact with like students and like students are like the future generation of Pakistan and kids are the younger, you know, the younger generation will be the future. And so how is that like breaking down barriers between what's happening, you know, for them in school, but then having to like go to this cafe where like the, you know, Bubbly and Shermelia and Isha are like, cooking them food and giving them food and like there's like an intimacy developing so I was interested in that I just started filming not really knowing what it was going to be I thought it would maybe be a film about the cafe it's evolved the cafe ended up getting shut down which sucks so yeah that's the short version of kind of how I got interested and then just developed a relationship with the women and I would say it's actually a film about work the central focus is these three women but ultimately the kind of uh, gaze is through work what is like one major maybe hardship you've overcome or challenging thing that or like lesson you've learned like undertaking a project like this oh my god i think i feel like the hardships change right i think you know i first started filming in 2016 and i didn't know what i was gonna do i didn't know what i was gonna make i kind of just went with a sense of like wanting to discover something, um, not realizing how hard it was going to be. I think that one challenge is like just making a film is really difficult. And then I think trying to fund a film is really difficult, right? Those are like kind of the logistical things, just like finishing something that you've started and then trying to finish it with money. <laughs> like I kind of self funded I mean, I was like swiping my credit card I would say those, like, basically most of this project has been just, I've been self-funding and then I raised a little bit of money. Um, 
I think the other challenge is also when you're trying to make a film about a specific community and I'm a filmmaker that is, you know, from America. Yes, I'm Pakistani. I exist in a similar space in society as these women as a woman, right? We're both kind of, if you're not a cis man in Pakistan, you are like any, I, I would say like any um, step that you take to get to like enter the outside world is like some kind of act of resistance. So it's something interesting that I think is happening in terms of like my relationship to these women and our relationship to the broader society when we're stepping out to either film or just like exist in that space. Um, I think some of the challenge has been just thinking about my own positionality as like, you know, I'm coming with a certain level of privilege because I'm the person that's holding the camera. And so like, what am I doing with the camera and what am I showing with the camera when I'm entering this world that these women have invited me into? And so being really intentional about that, I feel like that has been like this kind of, I admittedly, you know, in 2016, I wasn't really thinking about that. But as the pro, as the project has evolved and I think as our discussions around um, these kinds of ideas have changed and like have um started coming up like I have started thinking about that too and so thinking always kind of going back to you know what am I trying to say as a filmmaker and what is this community wanting me to portray and say and how are we working on that together um I think as a Pakistani there's an expectation of like when you see stories from our part of the world what they should be doing or saying um so I think there's a lot of pressure in that. I, I myself have seen a lot of films, especially documentaries. Not that there are that many, but the few that there are, there's just a lot of like, we're just positioning like the poverty and the trauma front and center. And I've always had an issue with that because it makes, to me as a viewer, then it's making me feel like people have nothing else going for them and like life just sucks. And so it's been really important for me to like try and decenter that in the story that the expectation might be that like this is what oh it's a story about trans women in Pakistan oh my god like their lives must suck and like this like our instinct to want to just think about the plight and like if you're centering the plight but then ignoring the humanity of everything so it's just I think it's always kind of thinking about you know what is the image that I'm portraying doing. Um, what's it communicating on a broader level so it's yeah I feel like the 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 hardest part is just like sticking to what I think I want the film to be and not letting anything else kind of get in the way and really making that a conversation between myself and the women in the film is there like an example of a film or or and it doesn't have to obviously like be specific about Pakistan, but is there an example of like a project out there that did do this kind of thing well that inspired you? I would say not exactly, but I love Hill County This Morning, This Evening by Ramel Ross. It's like a portrait of Black America, but very much grounded. And I think he films in Arkansas. He was like a professor, teacher there. And that's just like a bunch of, my film will be very different in the sense of like, how it's edited and like what we're seeing that's like a long portrait he was filming for like 10 years it's and there's just a lot of it's just like a lot of different imagery there's like a little bit of a through line there's definitely like a little bit of a through line 
but it's mostly just, yeah, this poetic imagery of this community. And I feel like when I saw that, I was like, this is kind of what I want to achieve where the people and what I'm seeing are is going to speak for itself as opposed to kind of placing some kind of interpretation on or like having an agenda. You know, my agenda is that there is maybe no agenda. Um, that again, this is the film about work and how, and it's manifesting through these women, but it's not a film that's asking like, Hey, have you had surgery? Like it's not, my film is not interested in asking that question, nor do I think is that appropriate for any filmmaker to be asking that question when you are not a part of the community that you're filming, um, in, right. Because it's like, who are you asking that question for? Like, who is the answer for? And what I loved about Ramel Ross's film was like, it's not like asking those questions or answering those kinds of questions. It's allowing people to exist within the frame and just letting them like exist. Right. It's like a por it's a beautiful portrait of that where like you see someone on screen and you're not immediately um, projecting like what you think their life is like in a way, which is naturally going to happen anyway, but it's not. Um, feeding into that desire for an audience to like want to know. And so I'm hoping to also try and like do that as well. What are you doing to like take care of yourself while you do this project? Uh, exercise, I feel like. Um, I know I had to take some time away from it because it was just too, it was demoralizing, right? It's like you have, you've been spending all this time and money to make this film and then you're kind of doubting like what it should be what shape it should take and yeah it gets it's it's super isolating and it's really hard but you do have to, to like put in the time and work but I think for me kind of self-care is like allowing myself to like shift focus to something else if I'm not like feeling this project at a certain point in time and I think because I allowed myself to do that like I've sort of come back around in with a new sense of purpose and like what I want it to do. Sometimes I think that happens. That's actually like in some ways I appreciate that maybe I didn't get all the funding initially because it would have been a totally different film that like the process has evolved for me as I've evolved as a person. And so I've looked, I'm like coming back into the project with like a new, I guess, like a new way of seeing it. Yeah, I think part of that has come from just taking care of myself, one, by like focusing on other projects, two, by prioritizing like health and like, you know, taking care of yourself. Like I realized like I'm someone who gets really sucked into like editing. And so I like kind of avoid editing, but I'm at that place now where I'm like, I can't avoid editing any longer. But like, how do I edit intentionally and allow myself to like take breaks? And that's, you know, still a work in progress. Maybe I have to put a timer. Because I think once you get started, you're like, I know I feel I'm like, oh, man, I'm like five hours into this. I should just like keep going because otherwise I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't give it the eight hours or the whole day. And I'm like, no, like nothing is going to happen. Like you can step away and it's OK to step away. So I'm still yeah, I'm still figuring that out. But yeah, part of the process is, yeah, eating better, taking care of myself, exercising and things like that. Fanboy Friday with Shah Jahan Khan is a production of Rafelion Media, hosted by me and edited by Ari Mathay. Our theme song was composed by myself and my good friend Tanya Pollitt. 
Special shout out to my mom, Tina Khan, for bringing home the Rabab for Pakistan, which is the featured instrument, along with Tanya's incredible vocals. Please follow Khala on Twitter at K-M-A-L-I-K-T-W-I-T. And be sure to check out her amazing documentary with her parents called There Was Nobody Here We Knew on PBS. Thanks so much for listening.